Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly Podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you all doing? How are you all living? I hope you're all well. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you for checking this one out. This is with the fantastic Josh of Cattle Decapitation. Uh, Cattle Decapitation have a brand new record out called Terrasite. It's out on the 12th of May via Metal Blade Records. Shout out to Metal Blade Records for sending me a promo copy two months in advance. That is always lovely to see and for setting this conversation up. We had this conversation a couple of months ago um, as they started to gear up towards um, Terrasite's release. And obviously it's being released this month into the world. So that's super awesome. Josh is really honest and open in this conversation, talking a lot about things that aren't really spoken about in terms of the media, about being a musician and stuff, which is really awesome to kind of get a, a fresh look at things. That's really awesome. If you want to support the show, you can over at patreon.com forward slash nevermindpolypodcast. Uh, if not, just give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Tell a friend. Tell your nan about the podcast. Until then listen to this conversation with cattle decapitations josh on the nevermind poly podcast see you on the other side enjoy hi guys welcome back to the nevermind poly podcast my name is matt i'm your host and this week on the show we are talking to josh the guitarist of the band cattle decapitation how are we doing sir excellent 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 uh, good to see you this morning Absolutely, and you, and you. Um, so we're here today to talk about uh, Cattle Decapitation's eighth studio record, Terrasite. Um, obviously, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time before it's sort of uh, going into the full release cycle and things. Mm-hmm. But um, what's the mood like in in the Cattle Decamp camp at the moment, and how are you feeling about the record and things? Uh, we're just uh, in the process of rolling out, um, like I guess if you can call them singles, you know, mm-hmm. for the type, yeah. that type of mu- for that type of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, uh, we introduced Weed Are Young, uh, I think now almost three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then we have another one coming out, I believe I should really know the schedule a little better. I, I think in the next, I think in the next couple of weeks or so, and then there's mm-hmm. another one that uh, gets released the day of the album release, which is May 12th, um, at mm-hmm. least in the States. And then, um, there's a couple more singles that are going to be coming out later, uh, one in the late summer. And I think one either at the end of the year or right at the beginning of next year. But uh, yeah, so we're just, we're rolling with that. Uh, Travis is uh, the sort of merch master. So he's mm-hmm. creating or like either creating designs on his own or like, you know, he's really good at corralling like good people to like do designs for us or just like artwork. So he's been very busy with that. And there's a bunch of administrative stuff, whether it's like taxes and blah, 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 the band has to do. Um, but aside from that, we have a tour um, coming up in May in the States with a Dark Funeral, 200 Stab Wounds and uh, Black Braid. So we're just kind of conversing back and forth about the set list for that. And uh, leading up to that, we have, I believe, all the crew in place and everything. Um, and then, of course, transportation secured months ago. So mm-hmm. it's it's more of just like a lot of back and forth with uh, conference calls amongst each other and then with management, just kind of getting final preparations for that. So it's, it's just the build up to an album, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of all the side stuff. And then we can maybe, I don't want to say coast because we never really coast. I don't think any mm-hmm. band does, but you kind of like, can at least sort of relax kind of and just tour <laughs> for a little bit yeah. and then you know whatever the next task is ramps up so absolutely and that's the thing as well i think it's kind of really underplayed by a lot of musicians that being a musician is not just being a musician as in writing an album turning up and playing it, it's a lot of like you say the admin stuff and stuff aside um which is 
super well it keeps the if you didn't do that the band wouldn't be where it is oh, yeah. you know I mean? the, the, the ball wouldn't roll you know mm-hmm. um so eight records in um it's a hell of a feat uh for a band like yourselves being you know a really hardline extreme band to put it politely you know like mm-hmm. your music is very um very layered and very heavy and i got sent the record a couple of days ago and as i say i'm, I'm a fan of cattle to cap i have been for a long time but um <coughs> There was a particular, like the first song, I was like, hell, here we go. <laughs> and then yeah. once it starts Thank getting you. into it, it, it reveals itself. And it's actually, like, so the last song on the record, I don't want to give too much away for those who haven't heard it, obviously, yet. But it made me cry. It genuinely oh. brought a tear to my eye. It was really, really powerful. So congratulations on just oh, really wow. keep um, building on such a brilliant success of the last uh, seven on this one, you know? Well, thank you. It's like, I that's whatever like say an emotional response from someone whatever that is uh mm-hmm. you know positive negative reflective whatever you want to say uh i mean regardless of what style of music you're playing regardless of what you are you know if you want to use an artist whatever mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what we're all you know we're all as artistic people whether that's whatever painting writing whatever it's like we're comp- we're obviously terrible at communication in other parts of our lives. So this is our, our attempt to get that out and really, you know, have that sort of, you know, outlet. Um, so I'm glad that, it, you know, it conveyed what we were yeah. in- intending, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, like when you, you mentioned the initial, uh, the opening track, uh, mm-hmm. I think that kind of, I mean, that was actually the first track that we wrote for the record. Actually, strangely mm-hmm. enough, uh, the first three songs are the first three songs we wrote for the record, which was oh, kind amazing. of, that's never worked out that way. Cause usually we like, we get a few songs in and we're like, okay, you know, this is probably going to mill the record. This one's going to be, oh, this is a good song three or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, like when we were putting together the record track wise, uh, everyone had their little two cents on where things should go. And uh, Dave actually suggested, he's just like, this sounds crazy. Cause we've never done this, but what about one, two and three being one, two and three. And yeah. we kind of just li- we just put them in order and listen to it. And we're like, actually, that makes sense. <laughs> so Absolutely. we just did we just did that. But the the co- as far as like song wise, um, like musically, I guess you could say, because uh, that's the part I'm more involved in. Um, it it, it kind of has all the. It's like oh, okay, here's these like a lot more of what's later in the record where there's the two guitars are doing two different things. You know, it's yeah. like there's just like. Like, oh, here's this layer, here's this atmospheric stuff, here's this like music box sound and stuff. And then it's just, then when it locks up on the heavy parts and everything. So it's like, it's kind of indicative of what's to come, you know? And so it does have like emotional content to it, but it is a really pedal to the floor, you know, Absolutely. aggressive, aggressive song. So it's just little taste and stuff here and there for the rest of the record, and which was unintended. We didn't, you know, write it that way because it's the first song we wrote. So it was more of like the first song you write for records is always like, oh, that'll be number four three or four, maybe, I don't know. And it's like, no, it's the first song. So it's this, you know, kind of introduction. And because we had how we wrote for this record and we kind of, you know, we didn't, you know, COVID doing what it did, we didn't have a ton of touring time behind us, which is what we usually, you know, we write a record, we put it out and then, okay, you get, you know, a year and a half, two years, get out of jail free card because you're just going to be touring and you don't have to write or whatever. Yeah, you kind of piddle around with stuff over the time, but we've always done it We're like, you know, people kind of write little very casually on their own. And then when we're done with the touring, then it's like, okay, back in the writing room and just really hit it. But since we didn't have that, I don't want to say advantage, but like that normal schedule where we were doing that, um, you know, COVID shut us down 
in you know March, early March, 2020. So the record came out into 2019, like I think end of November. So only a month short at the end of the year. And, you know, about mid 2020, maybe June, May, June, we had that discussion where like, mm. I know we just wrote and recorded a record. Yeah, of course. Because there was, you know, at that time, you know, I think back in March, we were the, the sort of the, the talk was, ah, well, July, we'll be back on, you know, like things will start up again. We'll probably tour maybe like in August or, you know, mm. or maybe towards the end of the year, but it's just a bump of the road, whatever. And then of course, yeah. little do we know. Mm-hmm. So we had to start kind of writing at the time. It was like this, like, because it takes, yeah. I mean, it sounds overly dramatic. And I know some people are different. Mm-hmm. They write all the time, regardless of situation. So that's their way. But yeah, for us, cool. it's like, it's such a, for each individual member, it's like such mm-hmm. a push and pull of like, you know, warring it out in mm-hmm. there. You know, I mean, I don't mean that literally, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. but, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. like, they're just sort of this creative tension kind of thing. And so when you're done with that, you're just kind of like, oh, have a breath, you know, take a breath from that and then just yeah. concentrate on playing live and doing all this supporting peripheral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really have that at the tour to Buffett. So there was this worry of like, well, you know, everyone kind of grows in those, the time between recording and then the next time you start writing. And we didn't have that really, or we did, but it was this very stunted version of it. So it was like this, oh, we're going to be able to, you know, be inspired is we don't want it to sound too samey to death atlas you know because yeah. you know we're not where this you know the places we were at in life are not too far away from there and i don't know i think whether we liked it or not the just the pandemic being what it was mm-hmm. uh things in our personal lives and then um losing a couple like friends of the band um yeah. over the course of that time kind of was the um forced evolution <laughs> emotionally mm-hmm. that we had to go through so um yeah we uh you know absolutely ended up having that same experience but in this microly <laughs> short time so what came out of that was i think a further you know it was a further exploration of the kind of like the atmospheric element of the band and integrating it more fully within a context of the song as opposed yeah. to like oh here's these little kind of more yeah. bite-sized chunks either between songs or after the record or whatever so I think hopefully, I think we successfully did that. And then um, when we were talking about what we wanted to achieve musically, the next record, it was uh, uh, Dave was a big proponent of like, he was, I just want it to be a little chunkier, heavier, and mm-hmm. a little more rhythmic, rhythmically centered to where like the guitar or like the bass drums and all the strings of the drums are like locking up a lot more. Um, yeah. So uh, he wanted to incorporate those type of things. And there's, yeah, there's definitely, at least in my opinion, noticeably a, few, a lot more instances of that. But uh, I don't know. It's a, I think it's just uh, we're just more more and more cohesive with every record as far as like songwriting partners basically you know in the yeah, band so I feel that way it kind of we were lucked out and kind of got what we were hoping we would get you know absolutely think. and that, that's the thing as well there is um you know and i don't, I don't want to uh, just blow smoke up up things and, and whatever else but you have got some fantastic riffs on this record there, oh, there, thank you. you know, there, there was moments and you know, I'm I'm a massive just a riff guy. If, if there's certain elements of music people love, I'm a, I'm a guitar riff guy. And mm-hmm. there was so many moments where I was just like, fucking go on. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and you know, there, there's bits that um obviously the um I've forgotten the bass player's name, it's uh, Oliver, isn't Ollie. it? Ollie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ollie. He, he's got some fantastic bits where everything just drops out and it's just all bass, and I'm like 
what is going on? Like, is yeah, we totally wanted him to like because we. I mean, one of the reasons we brought him in the band was just like we love his bass playing, we love his tone, yeah. and just I, I felt I think one of the things Death Atlas versus Terrasite is when we went to the studio, we were like we really want not just like low end overall whatever, mm. but we want bass guitar a lot yeah. higher in the mix and a lot more noticeable and. I mean, it's not like on Death Atlas we were like holding back on that. Mm-hmm. We weren't like trying to like, oh, he's the new guy. We got to like graduate. Yeah, no, we no, were like, we lo- we brought him in for a reason. So there was none yeah. of that. But for whatever reason, in the final mix, how we did things, it just you know, the, in hindsight, of course, we were just like mm-hmm. a little more. And so with this record, uh, he's you know bumped up, or at least the tonally, like he kind of we figured it out to where it fits in a perfect spot, and mm-hmm. it just makes everything else. I mean, the overall impression um, we switched up guitar tones slightly. I mean, it's pretty much mostly the same i mean yeah. i think same guitars i think bell used the same i mean i definitely did but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure he used the same guitars and then um amp wise mine was the same and then we switched to another version of a 65 oh it's 65 34 just different valves basically in it um so minute changes here and there but just with the bass in where it is it just made everything everything sounds richer to me at least like like string yeah, wise mm-hmm. it sounds richer and a lot more like almost like sounds weird but like bowed and chambery mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know? Yeah, yeah. you know so even i mean i am doing evo layers on a lot of the songs but that aside just even when we're playing regular stuff just for some reason totally what we picked out on this record is a lot more uh it's like woody and cabin like <laughs> that makes mm-hmm. sense but a lot of that too not to not underplay it at all is ollie's bass being at the perfect level and mm-hmm. him just you know bumping up a little bit when he does little runs or just little sl- sweet slides and just stuff that's really tasteful so I'm glad that he's got a lot more spotlight on it because he definitely deserves it. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing as well. You guys are, as a band have been very conscious over the years to talk about, you know, your, the the themes of the world and, and environmentalism and things like that. And the pandemic kind of made people take stop and kind of go, what is life? What are we like? Do you see what I mean? Like, where are we at in our life? In, in oh, yeah. And things? So it's kind of like must have been, like you say, a kind of a blessing slash curse, obviously not being able to tour and things, but being able to go, okay where are we at what is the next step you know like because you get into a rut and you get into a run and you kind of you sometimes hard to stop and take stock you know yeah we had it was that sort of security and oh we're we're able to always command how we roll things out here's our cycle here's our record up got a tour and after the tour then we write blah 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 and this was like oh crap you know it's another factor a factor that you know sort of complicates things you know a little bit which is i mean it's it's a, it's a privileged world to be able to you know like on your fainting couch with your hanky going oh we're well, oh, gonna write this time and stuff you know whatever but it, it it does have an effect um and yeah i i it, it, like I, i've told other people it's like every record we have there's like a especially the past I don't know. I don't want to say forever. Every band goes through this, mm-hmm. but there's like a, a complication with each record. But for us, yeah, um, after Anthropocene, um, that cycle, uh, Dave was living in San Diego prior to that. And uh, Death Atlas was the first uh, record written where not everyone was in San Diego. So uh, Ollie, we joined in 2018. He's in Montreal. Dave moved back to Seattle. Um, so for that record, he was... Uh, you know, he was remote and Ollie was remote. So we had to kind of do a little bit of like this sort of online back and forth, but it was mostly like, yeah. oh, here's my phone. I'm going to put it in front of my amp and record this riff. It's going to yeah. sound awful. And then send it to someone and go, you make heads or tails out of this, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it worked, obviously. Whoa, sorry, got violent. It's, it's um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that worked. And then with Terrasite, um, yeah, Dave's still in Seattle. 
Ollie's mm -hmm. in Montreal still. Me, I'm not in San Diego anymore. I was in mm -hmm. Belgrade for like the most of the, like, yeah, pretty much that entire record writing mm -hmm. process of that. So then it was me and Dave, could, you know, getting lined up on scheduling and then me doing a long commute back to San Diego to be in the practice space for like, you know, three or four days or whatever it was back, yeah. you know, kind of everyone crams studies, comes up with new stuff back and forth and it happened. <laughs> so we, yeah, we started maybe May or June, 2020. And then we're in the studio May 1st or like first week of May, um, 2022. So with yeah. only, I think one tour, our first tour back was, I think, February, February, 2022. So, yeah, absolutely. So obviously you're off uh, on tour again in May mm -hmm. across yeah. uh, America and things. Uh, how do you kind of mentally slash physically prepare for tour? Because, you know, just from just from a, like a normal person looking at it, gone being away from friends, from family for, for that long it is kind of mentally kind of a bit like that's a weird headspace. But obviously you, you guys being musicians are kind of used to it, I guess. It might be the right word. Yeah, I just it's like you got to be really I mean, for in a practical way, you just have to be really attentive to like make sure all your bills are, uh, you know, you get pinged on when this is that's due and everything. Yeah, so you don't get behind on anything. And then, you know, keep eyes, a little more eyes on your, you know, whatever accounts and stuff like just to, yeah, just yeah. to cover all that. But as far as, I don't know, mentally, I think it's just, we, tr we try, I mean, and we're doing it this time as well. We try to meet up in San Diego, um, mm -hmm. like in this case, because we actually have a couple of video, more videos to film. Um, okay. We're going to be there about a week before we leave. And okay. uh film the videos and then cram on a set that we're hopefully going to come up with in the next couple of days. Yeah. And then, um, and then just spend some time with each other. Cause it's, you know, it's this like the last tour ended in the Monomar tour on ended in, I think December 17th, maybe or something like that. Yeah. And then we filmed a couple of videos uh, at maybe the first, no, like maybe January 10th or something like that. So that's the last time we saw each other. So it's just sort of like, you know, see you for three months or whatever. And then yeah. we just sort of reconvene and then see kind of, you know, everyone just gets to, you know, do the, how are you doing and just hang out and, and then yeah. we get, then we get to work and everything like that. So, but as far as, I don't know, like as far as being away, I mean, yeah, it's always difficult, but I'm just glad that it's kind of this happy thing where like, yeah, I'm gone for like in this case, because we have to go in advance of tour a little bit, like um, like yeah. four and a half, five weeks or something like that. But, yeah. you know, I'll be back sitting mm -hmm. here for another couple months after that, two and a half months. And then we have a, another international bit of touring, but it's that's only like maybe two weeks tops. So mm -hmm. that's pretty short. And then nothing until November, um, which is another headline U.S. thing. Yeah. Um, so, it, uh, you know, I'll be peppered here, you know, home peppered throughout, you know, so yeah. it's. It doesn't make it any less uh, kind of at times, you know, you're like mm -hmm. maybe a third of the way through the tour and you haven't hit that midpoint yet where things are just all of a sudden done. And you're yeah, just kind of like, oh, man, you know, because, you know, say it's just little things too, like, oh, there's a leak in blah, blah, blah. Well, mm -hmm. crap, you know, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, or yeah, whatever. So it's just it's stuff yeah. like that, you know, but uh, know, we make it through and just a lot of uh, messaging <laughs> and Absolutely. all that. So. Yeah. So, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think on that tour we play, I mean, we started in Santa Ana, which is like an hour and 20 minutes north of San Diego and it ends in LA. So it's two yeah. hours north of San Diego, two and a half. So it's like, it's not yeah. like we roll through San Diego during the tour, but we'll, you know, all the guys that are local for there, we'll see their, you know, students and others and everything like that. And we're yeah. through, through Seattle um, where Dave's uh, wife is and everything. So it's like everyone will, you know, 
well, we go through Montreal, so Ollie will be home for a day. I know it's just a day, but you know, yeah, it works. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, so I've got a question I'd like to ask, and that is some what is something that you cannot live without? It can be something really practical. It can be something, and you can, it doesn't have to be part of like a tour thing. It can just be something you can't live without. So, for example, this thing, my iPhone, I cannot oh. like. Do you know what I mean? But is it something that you just genuinely can't live without? Um, probably. I mean, as much as I like, don't think about it and wouldn't want to acknowledge it. Probably the same thing. Um, yeah, because it's sure. it's my it's communication. I mean, I'll just put that as the general thing. I mean, no matter where I'm at in the world, I can always, you know, talk to Miguel, talk to my family, whatever. And that's like, that's the most important, you know, I, to me. It, it, I mean, there's all these sort of like, man, I'm glad we bought that couch or whatever, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. that that's cool and all. And, but that's, I mean, that sort of communication and having that sort of peace of mind that, you know, we're able to be in contact and it's... Yeah that's the most valuable thing, you know, it's sanity for all involved. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that's, to me, that's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's everything. It's not about the phone at all, but I mean, here's Mm -hmm. this tool, you know, that allows that. So, and then all the business and, you know, all your practical stuff is so tied into that, which I mean, it just, I always feel that there's some sort of like global catastrophe that's ready to happen by someone harnessing, you know, this ability to, to, hack into a wreck not just individually but just collect mm. like yeah, of course. huge global communication networks and just hack into that and put them down and i yeah. everyone would just be crippled because yeah. then there's there goes the airlines there goes mm-hmm. all the shipping there goes satellite communicate it's just i mean yeah. that's like like you would say the power grid going down maybe like 50 years ago it would do the same yeah. sort of stuff you know so it was it was a bit like um, living through the 1990s into the 2000s. They said all the computers were going to stop and everything was just, mm-hmm. like the whole thing was going to go into meltdown, wasn't it? But you know, oh yeah, yeah, we, we got thrashed about. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I remember. I'm sure you did too. But there was like people that would you know were hoarding like canned goods and stuff, like mm. expecting a kind of like survivalist, you know, like <laughs> like like post apocalyptic thing. And you know, it was. I remember I was I was still living in Chicago at the time, mm. and it was this whole like, well, New Year's Eve, everyone's like. I guess, yeah. you know, yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> and waiting for like this global meltdown. It was like, oh, actually, you know, uh, the fax machine at work, they forgot to reset it. So we had yeah. to reset it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got, I've got a couple of final questions for you, Josh, before mm-hmm. I let you go on your way. Um, sure. And that, the first of which is, so you have to, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of pretext to this because some people don't quite get it. But basically, this is a little bit of sarcasm. When I'm a massive huge uh podcaster and -hmm. i have all the money in the world and i can invite Mm -hmm. every band that's ever uh played on the podcast to down to my dream festival i'm Mm -hmm. asking every band of 2023 to add one thing to the rider now to give a little bit of context we've had uh everything from like food to like drinks to like a whole petting zoo which is mental (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. that's fun um we've had like so what would you like to add to to the dream rider and there's no no restrictions on money or anything like that Okay. Um, it's like, there's like two answers. There's like a practical answer and there's a fun answer. You can have both. It's all good. <laughs> okay. The, the practical answer, I would say, depending on where it is and when it is in the tour, mm-hmm. uh, a very thorough and free laundry service. Oh, what a shout. Nice. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like really unexciting, but at the same time, like, yeah, you know, and especially because, uh, you know, depending on like say the States versus mm-hmm. UK or Europe or whatever, uh 
Yeah, there's sometimes washers and dryers at venues in states if you're playing in a nicer one. Um, yeah. Sometimes those are just like, well, that's for, I don't say linens, but towels basically only for the venue. Yeah, and that's yeah. venue only. So, yeah. but you do get low, like occasionally, but then it's like four bands who are jockeying for position in this yeah. washer dryer. And then right. you're like, you drag your little dirty clothes bag up there and you're like, mm -hmm. you see these three bags in front of it and you're doing the math on the time. You're like, so I'm up at like, one this morning one tomorrow morning you know that kind yeah, of thing when's, when's bus call 2 30 when do they close the venue an hour before the last load is done yeah okay so you're just constantly in that that situation or potentially so you get all these guys like ruthlessly running in there and like kicking pregnant women and the elderly out of the way to throw their clothes in when you get to the venue sometimes or when the second you find out where the the, the laundry facilities are but in europe i mean depending on the country uh, they may not have a dryer either. It's just a washer. So then you're kind of yeah. like, oh, crap, I got to like hang out my stinky yeah, little agree. clothing somewhere. Um, so I just did un, you know, wash, dry, fluff, fold, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, laundry service would be great. That's you everyone's like, here's, here's 20 washers. Here's 20 dryers. Have fun to a package. You know, that kind you're, you're going to be the most loved man on, on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause people are like all like, I'm like, oh, I got these endless goblets full of this extremely expensive scotch or whatever, you know, or yeah. whatever their sort of thing is. And it's like, well, Mr. Real, Mr. Fun and Excitement over there got laundry service, but I'll be damned if isn't the best thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then the sort of less practical, I mean, it's practical too, but it's more like, mm. you know, wishless sort of thing. If you could have, because, you know, being on the road, a lot of times you're, one, you're limited in your choices, culinary choices. And also mm -hmm. you perpetually make horrible decisions <laughs> in relate to that because because your schedule I mean, it's like yeah the venue may provide food and you may have a little bit like of a like oh here's your buyout at so you play at 10 here's at 5 30 or you know wandling around whatever city you're in trying to find something it'd be like if there was like i know a lot of, a lot of the bigger festivals have something like this but it's more like it's catered here's these items yeah. but like to have a like i don't say personal chef kind of thing but someone who could pretty much make you as big a pile of crap as you want or make you actually something healthy or whatever like yeah you'd be, you'd be like oh, i've been eating like garbage i just give me a really good salad with a lot of fresh vegetables and good dressing and all that or yeah. you could be like man hook it up i want the indian feast <laughs> yeah i want to feel like the biggest asshole when i come out of here i'm gonna be full <laughs> of curry and bread and just need to like lay down for a few hours you know whatever you want it's like i know those are two like more of the practical into things the other the latter being a little more you know no, that, that's luxurious great. but that. <laughs> yeah i mean it just seems stuff that like it work everyone kind of wants depending on mm. what they their personal tastes are but it's so it is you're being kind of spoiled whether it's oh i could just give this filthy laundry to someone or oh yeah. i could just you know request whatever food or whatever thing i want depending on my mood or needs and it happens it's like to me that's like the ultimate luxury not necessarily like Oh, guys, I rented this mechanical bowl and brought it in. As fun as that would be, you know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and my final question before before we wrap things up is simply a question I've asked every band that's ever been on the podcast, and that is simply, what is the best thing about being in a band slash being a musician, in your opinion? Um, I think it's uh, a... Uh, well, there's a couple things. Um, I think having an emotional like release valve that right as you're about ready to lose it, you can, mm. whatever, whatever form that takes, however you express it, you can get up on stage or 
right perform and have that sort of thing addressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like just putting a band aid on it pretty much, but still it prevents you from like, you know, running wild in the streets or whatever. Yeah, um, but uh, I think that is one thing um, that at least it's helped balances people a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then just, uh, it's the sort of element of creating stuff with other people and mm -hmm. You know, it's just, just like anything in life. It's this risk of like, you know, positive, negative outcome. And, you know, because it's a business or it's business oriented as well as creative. It's just like, well, will people like it. Will I be able to like sustain these things in my life? Yeah. And we've been fortunate enough as a band and with the style of music we play um, to be able to do that. And part of that is achieved by, you know, collectively the members being dedicated. And then also just how we you know, like with our finances, we're tight, but we're smart, you know, with it, hopefully, and just be able to keep the machine running, you know, so it's, and be a, I'm 47, Travis is 48, Dave is, Dave will be uh, 40 here in um, November, mm -hmm. and, you know, Bell and Ollie are a little younger, I think Bell's 34, maybe, yeah. Ollie's 32, 33, mm -hmm. um, but just to be able to be a person of my age, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to hear laughing from the other room when she hears it. Um, but a person to be able to like sustain themselves, you know, it's not a lavish lifestyle, in, mm. you know, but I can stand here and talk to you. Mm. I'm in, I'm I'm a, you know, I'm in, we have an apartment in, or whatever, mm. really, and support ourselves. So it's, you know, you got to be thrifty with it. Uh, but at the same time, yeah. okay i'd rather be doing this by a million fold other than you know i worked an office job in addition to doing the band for almost 20 years so or 20 yeah. years basically so it was fine and all and i made some good friends that way but at the same time you know the sitting there at 2 30 in the afternoon on a wednesday just like oh, just yeah, entering absolutely. data or whatever you're doing versus this where it's like yeah you, you, I'm, I'm sweating over this stuff even if i'm in that office job you yeah, know so we finally yeah. got to the point of we finally got to the point where we were able to just do this. Um, so then I can sweat, not about the office job, but just this. <laughs> so it takes yeah, one thing off the plate. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a brilliant way to sum up. And, and I have to say that you've, you've spoken very, very eloquently and just from the heart, I guess, because, you know, that's the reality of a, of a band, you know, it's, it's not all glitz and glamour, but it is, it is the financing. It is the transportation and getting things sorted, you know, so that, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, it's um, the headache that people don't see a lot, you know. I mean, yeah. Travis, Travis, to his credit, has to deal with, like, especially, like, like dispersing, like, fun and dealing with merch. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only, like, a negative thing, but, like, he yeah. is the intermediary with the merch company and then dealing with, like, disbursements. And then, you know, of course, you have management and booking agent gets X percentage of this and that. So it's just reconciling all that and then the rest of us with, like, Travis travel and logistics and then getting there and then writing the music and, you know, kind of keeping up with our chops personally. And then... You know, oh, I have, oh, I really didn't want to buy this $500 piece of gear, you know, mm -hmm. or right now, or in Dave's case, I would want to buy this $3,000 piece of gear right now or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you have like that sort of, you know, responsibility as well. So it's, you know, is what it is. But once again, we've been doing this how many years? Why are we still doing it? Obviously, there's more of a positive contribution to one's life than, you know, this burden. So absolutely absolutely um is there anything you would like to add at the end anything that i've missed obviously the uh, album's out may 12th um it's called terror terror site 
um yeah it's fucking wonderful uh, you. if you're a fan of the heavy heavy end of music you're gonna love it and if, if you're even if you're not i think persist with it because once you get past that initial barrier of oh mm-hmm. my god it's really intense it it does reveal itself to be quite beautiful yeah thank you that's that's kind of what i think people said with or have said in the past with other albums as well as they're like mm-hmm. some of the comments are just people are like well i was you know sort of just loosely familiar with your band and you know i they listen to you know heavier music but just kind of mm-hmm. didn't check it out they're like eh, it's probably just you know blast and screeching i'm like well yes but you know yeah, um, so they may like it's had heard one song you may have like gotten turned on to some of it and then like listen to the whole record and come back and said like you know like at first it was kind of like a little much you know but then mm-hmm. i listened to it and then kind of put it away for a while and then brought it back out maybe a few months later and now it's i've been listening to it constantly since then you know so I've, whatever road someone takes to get there great you know so it's if they can see as much of you know what we put into it and how understandably if you're not used to that type of music you know you're going to hear what vocals blast beats these abrasive guitar riffs or whatever first mm-hmm. you know it's like if you, there's a style of music you don't like all you hear is the part of you don't like yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah. with people with death metal like you hear people who aren't necessarily fans of that sort of stuff they're like Oh, the music sounds really complicated, and it's like there's a lot of really competent playing, and it's the sound quality is great. But oh, this I can't, those vocals, or with whatever style of music, it's you know like oh, those drums sound weird, or I'm not used to these type of beats, or something like that. But I mean, once you either get used to it, develop a taste for it, it's like there you go. So you know, through just persistence and you know, uh, being almost annoyingly probably in people's faces with being a band, um, you know, hopefully people weaken and listen i guess absolutely absolutely and it's it's a it's a lovely lovely brilliant record um and it's just and to be honest uh we're in march and it's in my album of the year contender list oh thank you um Great. so it's uh fucking wicked so yes everyone thank you for listening to the nevermind poly podcast this has been the conversation with josh of the band cattle decapitation you can go and check them out on tour in may uh when they're in the u.s for our u.s friends uh, and then they'll be touring extensively i imagine here here, then everywhere um yeah go and check all the socials and bits and bobs but um yeah thank you mate it's been an absolute pleasure absolutely thank you you. appreciate it awesome see you all soon yep absolutely have a great one Bye bye